hey good morning uh, if you remember in my video 19 I was arguing about uh, microtasking and paying by result and I said there that if you want to do pay by result uh, in order to, to do proper management then you have to do microtasking and uh, Benjamin one of my listeners and readers asked me a question uh, referring to our management model he was asking uh, do you still require planning sprints and releases um, he's not sure how it works for us but for him uh, clients always have deadlines according to him and uh, they always need sort of my minimum viable product um, the question is quite interesting and I decided to record a video explaining how the planning actually applies to microtasking how they go together and uh, first I want to ask you Benjamin how do you plan so how do you know what's going to happen in the future? How do you know when exactly the next release will show up and the customer will see the next portion of the functionality? And I can answer because I know how you do that. You put two programmers together, you do the sprint planning or you do some sort of you know, planning session. It depends on your management model. But they ask them when it's going to happen. When do you, John, will deliver your functionality? When Mary will finish that bug fixing? When, when, when? And they give you numbers. They predict somehow, they guess when the functionality will be ready, and then they promise you something. And then you put those numbers together, and then you go back to your customer, and you promise uh, that people when the functionality will be ready. Is it a good approach for estimating and planning? I don't think it's based on facts. It's more like, emotions based because people are not really uh, good in planning and management they're programmers they're technical engineers they're good in writing code but they're not really good in predicting when that code will be finished and that's why they make mistakes and that's why the management in order to deal with those mistakes use different padding uh, approaches when they just get the numbers from programmers then multiply it by three and call it uh, a realistic estimate you know how it works. In microtasking, this is not the case entirely because we don't ask programmers how much they will uh, take, how much time will it take to finish some functionality or to fix some bug. We delegate microtasks to programmers and each microtask has a very limited and very small micro budget. In our case, it's half an hour. So we give hundreds of tasks to programmers and each task is very small and they deliver them very intensively they deliver multiple results multiple tasks per day each programmer so when the team is large let's say 20 30 programmers there then each programmer who is actively working can close say five seven eight ten tasks per day and that means hundreds of tasks per day for a large actively moving forward project and then using this large data set the computer that artificial intelligence which we have the algorithm can predict when it's going to happen when the next functionality will be delivered when the next feature how do we do that we use basically three inputs you remember my recent video about artificial intelligence the artificial intelligence is just a computer which gets some input and delivers some output in our case we have three inputs first of all we pay attention to uh, how intensively tickets are being reported so how many tickets per day the project produces including bugs uh, puzzles which we have for sort of the puzzle driven development approach 
and new feature requests which are coming from the customer. They all together go into the pipeline and they and if we calculate how many of them we get per day, we get some graph. We get some dynamics of what's going on with the tickets. Looking at this graph, we may decide where exactly the project is located right now on the overall time scale of the entire project, on the entire scope. So the computer can predict looking back to previous projects, comparing this one with previous results, where on the timeline, where on the scope uh, completeness we are located right now. The second input which we use is the average speed of ticket closing. We know approximately how fast we close tickets in this particular project. Per project, per programmer, there are different metrics, but still, the overall, it's the speed of closing those tickets. The number depends. In different projects, it goes from two, three days for fast projects up to seven, ten or longer for projects which move forward way slower. But this is the number we get. We know approximately how fast uh, we can close tickets in this particular project. And then we have the third group of inputs which are uh, given to us by benchmarking the current project or current set of developers with our previous results. We know approximately how fast that developer was closing tickets over the last year or how fast that similar projects of similar size were closed or were completed or were delivered um, you know, per day in, the, in, in our previous history. So there are three inputs we get. We know the, the position on the graph, we know how fast we move forward, and we know how far or how close we are from our previous results. And then the AI starts to work the algorithm, the artificial intelligence. We just put all these numbers together and we predict when approximately or when exactly will we complete the next set of functionality, the next group of tickets. And, uh, and we make the prediction, the computer makes the prediction. We don't ask programmers how fast they will deliver. We don't need that information. We know how fast they deliver. We don't need poker uh, planning sessions. We don't need to ask them to estimate anything. We know how fast they complete their tasks because we have the history and we know how they move forward. And uh, the risk of mistakes being made by the computer is very small because tasks are small, because we deal with micro tasks. If tasks would be large, if that would be like a week of work for each task, then the computer would not be able to estimate accurately because uh, each task would be very different from previous ones. But we deal with micro tasks. They're all small. They're all half an hour. So the mistake, the cost of mistake the computer can make is not very high, taking into account that there are many micro tasks. So what are the key factors which affect the accuracy and the preciseness of our estimate? There are basically four of them. First of all, the larger the experience, the longer the history of work, the more projects we have uh, to benchmark with, the better. If we know the programmer for two, three years, then of course we can easily predict uh, how fast that person will deliver. If we know the programmer for a few weeks, then we are in a, in a dark zone. We don't know exactly how fast that person will complete uh, his or her tasks in that particular project. So the larger the experience, the more projects we completed before, the larger the database, the more accurate uh, is the estimate. 
in case of Xerocracy, that's a great benefit of the platform because when you join Xerocracy as a customer, then your project uh, is immediately being compared to hundreds or thousands or millions of projects we've done before. And that gives you a very uh, valuable um, information, very valuable data for the estimate. And you, you don't need to know that data, but the computer, the AI, gives you the comparison and tells you that your project most likely will be completed in three months. And that estimate is not based on our guesses, it's not based on the uh, predictions uh, made by a few individual programmers, but it's based on a huge uh, uh, fact data set. The second factor is the bigger the project, the easier it is to estimate uh, the future because it has more micro tasks. If the project is small, just let's say 20 micro tasks, we don't really know exactly when it's going to happen because the amount of work is very small and that's why every individual mistake made in one estimate, made, made in one uh, particular microtask will seriously affect the entire picture. But if we have a thousand microtasks in the past and two thousand microtasks in the future, then the accuracy will be quite high. So the larger the project, the easier for us to estimate. The factor number three is the smaller the tasks, the better. If you work with bigger tasks, not micro tasks like we do for half an hour, maybe one hour sometimes, but if you work with larger pieces like a week of work or two weeks of work or even, even a day of work, then uh, again, the, the cost of one individual mistake is, way, is too high because the complexity of tasks, uh, of each task is very high. And uh, when tasks are larger, the complexity is larger, it's more difficult to predict what exactly will happen there. With microtasks, we can predict. We know that one microtask approximately is being completed by Jeffrey in approximately three and a half days. All tasks are more or less the same in size because they cost the same. And we know Jeffrey for a few years. We know that that person will not make large mistakes and will not spend three weeks doing something which actually costs him half an hour. So that means that we can predict that if we have 100 tasks in front of us and all of them are assigned to Jeffrey, then approximately the entire scope will be completed in, say, uh, 27 days. That's more or less accurate prediction. If instead of that we have two tasks for Jeffrey and we know Jeffrey for just a few weeks, it's absolutely impossible to predict when Jeffrey will complete or even at all it will be completed because we don't know Jeffrey and um, the, the size of the task is too big. We, we don't know what may happen inside such a large piece of work. Maybe it's incompletable at all. Maybe it will take a, a year of investigation, of research. So the smaller the tasks, the easier to predict. And the factor number four is uh, the more programmers we have in the project, the better. If there's only one developer there, then um, some personal factors may affect the, the, the entire picture because the person may not be in a good mood, the person may go suddenly go on vacation, the person may have some unpredictable personal difficulties in you know, being motivated to complete the work. Different scenarios may happen. But if we have 20 programmers and 20 of them are working together as a, as a pool of resources, then their individual problems will not affect the entire picture. And that means that the prediction, the estimate, will be more accurate. So um, there are four factors. We put them on together. If all four of them 
play in our favor if we have large experience, if project is quite big, if we deal with micro tasks and we have a big number of programmers, then our estimates will be pretty accurate and way more accurate than any other informal estimation approach can produce. So microtasking, as you can see, I hope I proved that to you, that it not only helps programmers to be more motivated, not only helps management to pay them by results, but also helps everybody to see the future better. That's the beauty of microtasking. Thanks for watching. Stay tuned. Bye-bye.